Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. We hope these episodes plant seeds that inspire big impacts in your life. Shane and I are your hosts. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you thought of this week's episode. All right, y'all, enjoy. social media knows this man or at least his product. Today we have Joey Firestone, the founder and CEO of Built Sports Drink. Joey is a serial entrepreneur, a lifestyle athlete, and on the mission to, and on a mission to change the industry of sports drinks. We're super excited to have you on the podcast today. So we'll just jump right into we kind of just chatted a little bit before, but I want to go back like where what's your background? Did you grow up playing sports? Have you like always known that you wanted to be a business owner? Because I know that you started a business either in college or post college. So bring us back. Yeah, I've always I've always been a competitive athlete. I started actually wrestling when I was a kid, and throughout high school I played football and wrestling. Uh, I played football in college. Uh, I, I got hurt. I didn't go anywhere after that. But uh, I've always been active with fitness. I competed with NPC bodybuilding before too. So I've always had this background and passion for fitness. So I've kind of like always stayed on track of like what supplements to take, uh, what's new in the industry, you know, what's beneficial. And that's kind of like how I, I got into the whole fitness realm. So I've always had a passion for it, even though I've had other businesses uh, besides that. What, like, what got you into business? Did you, did you have kind of like an entrepreneurial mindset when you were younger? And what was your first business? What's what's funny is I've never had a real nine to five job ever. So I've never worked for anybody except when I was like 16, I got a job at the grocery store uh, and the meat department cutting meat. Uh, and I hated it because it was like freezing cold and I got <laughs> right away. So after that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to have a real job after this. In college, uh, me and friends worked together. We did a lot of promotions uh, and nightlife. I started a concierge company out of that before and used all my relationships and networks. And I, I kind of built through the fitness network that way too, because I would handle a lot of the travel for a lot of high end fitness people. And that's kind of like how I built the relationships with uh, the fitness people I know as well. So I've, I've never really had like uh, a real job. I wake up, have to be there at eight o'clock or nine o'clock and then get off at five. It's always been like, you wake up, have an idea, you follow what you want to do and then it, it, there is no nine to five. It's like pretty much all day, whenever. And, and that's kind of like my background with entrepreneurship. Where did that hustle come from? Like, is there a family member, like your parents, are they business owners? Or is that something like you saw when you were younger? Or was it just like you had your first job and you're like, I hate this. I, never I think My dad was at work. He actually worked for the government. So he had a nine to five. And I just hated that structure. Where, like you had to be somewhere and do something. And I think I wanted more of the freedom to like do things like when I wanted to and how I wanted to versus like following directions. Like I'm not really great at following directions like that, but, <laughs> but uh, I think that's where it was. I didn't want to fall in that nine to five trap. Like I always wanted the freedom to be able to do stuff and kind of like with entrepreneurship, you can kind of dictate that it's, it's a lot more work than people think, you know, it's, they're like, Oh, I'll be an entrepreneur. I'm going to work less and make all this money. I'm like, no, you're working on twice as much for way less money. at first. <laughs> It's very true. <laughs> so, so you're, what'd you go to Miami for, uh, university? I went to UM. Uh, I graduated in 2005. So my first year there was like crazy. We, we That was the national championship year. So I was uh, it, with all-stars in that, you know, Jeremy Shockey, Willie McGahee, Brian McKinney, 
is like all stars. And then uh, that's how I kind of networked in the fitness world there too. Um, then I started uh, the concierge company in 2007. That's when I kind of like built a relationship up with people in the bodybuilding world because I would handle their travel and hospitality when they, you know these guys are traveling probably 200 days of the year all around the world. So I'd help them with travel and hotels and everything too. And that's kind of like how I built that up. How did, how did, where did that thought come from to manage their traveling? Uh, I actually was kind of like by accident. So I had a big night, a nightlife background. So I would manage all the big nightclubs here in college. And people used to come up to me at, at the VIP door and ask me, Hey, I'm coming to town next time. Where should I stay? Oh, I want to rent a car. Where do I go? I want to, I want to take a yacht out. Who do I get? You know, who do I talk to? So after that concept was like, oh, well, I could just broker all these deals and make, uh, you know, a, a percentage on everything. So we, we, me and a friend started it with kind of like the idea and concept building off of the relationships we had because there was people coming in nightclubs spending $10,000, $20,000 a night back then. And it was no big deal. You know, people come to Miami to party and go crazy. So Miami was like the perfect place to start it. Um, and then we kind of built it up like it was. It started 2007. By 2013, it was like an Inc. 500 list, one of the fastest growing companies. Wow. It was doing pretty big numbers for you know a small concierge company with no inventory, no overhead. Uh, so it was pretty fascinating to watch that grow. But that's how I built a lot of the relationships, uh, handling travel for people in the industry too. And you were 26 when you started that? Seven, I think 20. I started college two years late. I actually... Okay. I actually was trying to do WWE because <laughs> I was training back in, I was training with like the rock's dad and so oh, yeah. down here way back and doing this WWE stuff, which is what I was like really into in high school growing up. But it was like, they wanted to move me to move to Ohio. And I was like, no way I'm not moving to the coast. <laughs> I just like you so much more. Right now. <laughs> I absolutely love John Cena. And I like his like physique is like my ideal. What I'd always love to look like. <laughs> yeah, I met a lot of those guys back back when in the late, I would say, 90s, early 2000s. Uh, a couple of them used to bounce, too, with me on, on South Beach. That's how I met them. One of them was a bouncer. They were like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm also a wrestler. I do these dark shows for WWE. I'm like, what's that? He's like, oh, you're not on TV, but you fly with them and do these things. And you do these, you know, I guess they're, they're training you uh, until you're ready for TV. Now, there was a movie. What was that movie? There's a movie about like a female wrestler where they kind of like do the backstory that just came out last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. So I'm fighting with my family. And they like do like how you climb up into the WWE more, more or less. Yeah, it's it's not as easy. It's it's very hard. It's it's very painful. Like these moves are not exactly. I know it's like rigged and like choreographed, but when you're falling, it hurts. Like I, I know. Like, so my friend went to like a, a year training camp way back in the day. So I'm 30. So. Like 12 years ago. And he would say, like, being thrown of the ropes would leave him bruises. Yeah, if you don't hit the ropes right, you can really crack your ribs. Oh. Because those are steel cables. So you have to learn to hit your ropes. Like, if you go on the side, it'll go right in your ribs. And you can feel it go in between your ribs. So you got to hit it with your back flat. And then when you land, if you don't land flat, your hips land first, your hips will throw out. Like, it's, it's a lot of trickery with, like, learning the right technique. See, this is why I respect wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I would still, I don't watch really like that kind of television, but I would still watch it and be amazed at their like talent and skill. Yeah, it's, I haven't watched it much now, but early, like in, in college, I used to watch it a lot in high school. Yeah. I, I feel like early 2000s, it was hot. 
Yeah, it was really big then. Like when you had Stone Cold on the Rock, and that was yeah, all the two big things. Yeah, I just like Goldberg. Who else did I like? I met Batista once. He was he's massive. He's a massive man. Yeah, he's a big guy. <sighs> so I have to know: Do you think that you were because you have a lot of these relationships like before? I guess even really starting these companies, do you think it was like you were in the right place at the right time, and you like see those opportunities, or was it like? really hard work that got you to that place or kind of like a very both really because a lot of times you see the opportunity but a lot of times you don't act on it Mm. i I like when i see an opportunity i always act on it i'm not afraid to like oh if it doesn't work it doesn't work like a lot of people hesitate and be like oh i don't know if i want to do it if i see the opportunity i will i will jump on it and then if it doesn't work it doesn't work so i'm always like trying to throw as many balls in the air and juggle them all if a couple of them fall they fall but i'm still juggling you know eight or nine of them here that's cool. So did so. Uh, what year did you sell the concierge company? 2016. And then you started Bill 18. Yeah, I actually had another company before. Oh. I started with Phil Heath. Uh, it was uh, Gifted Nutrition. Oh, okay. I sold that too, uh, and that actually Bill came from Gifted Nutrition. So Bill used to be a powdered product under Gifted, which I kind of like discovered by accident. I actually found it when I was on a road trip, uh, a cyclist was using minerals to, to cycle harder. And it was like a blend of calcium and magnesium lactate. He said he would take this while he's training because he didn't get fatigue in his legs on it. So I looked at the, the formula. It was like very simple. It was just a couple minerals and nothing else in it. I'm like, oh, this, let me see if it would work. So I tried it and then it, it worked a little bit, but it, I think it could be much better. So that's when I really started adding on different things. I'm like, oh, if we take the calcium magnesium, we use the minerals, we add some aminos, we add an ingredient back then, it was sustamine for hydration. And then uh, it was like a powdered version we'd use, which worked great because you could add it to your pre-workout, you could add it to your water bottle, and uh, you could actually train longer and harder. You wouldn't get fatigued as fast. But there was no endurance properties for it. It was mainly catered towards bodybuilding, um, which, I, at the time, that's where I, my focus was. I was like, oh, this drink would be great if other athletes could have it because you would, I would watch, you know, LeBron James cramping at the, at the heat, heat finals. And I'm like, wow, are these guys cramping? Like, <laughs> you know, these guys are top level athletes. What are they drinking? And, and then I saw, you know, brands like Powerade, Gatorade. And I'm like, oh, these, these brands don't have really anything in it. Just colored sugar water. Maybe you throw a little sodium in there and they call it electrolytes. Like, like, like it really wasn't a, a good formula for, you know, all these top athletes taking. So that's kind of like how my idea started back like 2014 from the powder. And then I kind of like transitioned into like making the product better each time. And then I worked on the liquid formula for built probably about two years before I actually launched it uh, just because of, of the, the science behind it. You know, I, I had a partner up with the right, uh, PhDs and scientists and chemists to try what worked, what doesn't, what was actual dose, uh, tons of research on clinical studies. Um, and that, and kind of like play with the flavor too. The flavoring was the hardest thing because there's so many good things in, in the drink, but aminos taste hor- horrible by itself. Antioxidants taste horrible. Like all these things don't taste good. Uh, so it was really hard to make a drink that did what it said it was going to do and taste good. You just updated the the flavor formula, correct? Yeah, we just did all the new enhanced flavors in January. So now we kind of like the first run we did was in 2018 in November. And we started with two flavors. Then that was kind of like my test 
market to see where I could get in, what people's response was, what do they like? Because in the fitness world, most people take supplements and mm -hmm. they're, they're used to it not tasting great. They're like, oh, I'll, I just drink it because of what it does. It, it might not taste the best, but I know it's not going to be like Kool-Aid, you know? So that's the kind of like way I went to, to the barrier of entry to market was through fitness because people will be more receptive and it, and it worked out pretty well. And then um, I do two more flavors and I got a lot of feedback of what to change. Like people like this, they don't like this. And then I kind of used all that feedback and uh, hired someone that helped me really do the flavoring and enhance it to make it ready for mass. So now I think with these new flavors, we're ready for mass consumers. So we can go into grocery stores, you know, target all the athletes, especially kids, because kids will tell you right away if they don't like it or not. And, and kids, um, they, they liked it, but they weren't like, oh, yeah, I would drink this all the time. They wanted something really sweet. So that's kind of like the direction I went because I was like, if the kids drink it, they're going to grow up with it. But, you know, that's where Gatorade and vitamin water did really well. Like the vitamin water went after kids and it, it blew up that way. Yeah, and they cause them to blow up in obesity. <laughs> but we all know my so Opal will be twenty months this coming month, and she loves Bill. Mm -hmm. Like, love it. like, like, literally, if I'm working out, she comes out as soon as she sees the bottle, grabs it, and just like comes over, and wants to drink it, and she'll drink half. Like, she's twenty four or five pounds, and literally just drinks eight ounces, just <laughs> one shot. <laughs> a lot of kids like it now. I, I've seen more and more. I have a lot of soccer kids take it. The other good thing about Bill. Uh, versus other sports drinks is the carbohydrate does not uh, decay your teeth. You know, palatinose is one of the few carbs. The bond between fructose and sucrose is strong. So when you're ingesting it, it's very slow digesting carbs. So most other drinks have high fructose corn syrup or maltodextrin or sugar. When you put that in your mouth, the actual saliva will break it down in your mouth, which causes tooth decay. So palatinose will not break down. So it's very tooth friendly. There's clinical studies on it that we could say that. So I'm not just making it up. A lot of people ask me, how do you know that? Like, so there's studies on it to show that it's very tooth friendly for kids. It's safe. It's actually a, a rival with Pedialyte, but I haven't really pushed it towards that because most doctors will tell people, oh, drink Pedialyte. Pedialyte has artificial colors. Yes. It, it's, it's nothing healthy. It's just loaded with electrolytes. Like it's, it's a lot of electrolytes. You probably don't need that many, but, but, um, that's really just how it's marketed. Yeah, I remember in college, like people used to drink Pedialyte after For like hangover. a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. And then like once I started getting more and more into like my like nutrition journey and like health and stuff, I was like, these are trash. Like these are supposed to be marketed for like babies and kids, like yeah. literal trash ingredients. Like, Yeah, so I, I actually, it's funny you said you mixed it with, for hangovers. So I just did an event this weekend and they were mixing the tropical punch with uh, vodka. <laughs> guys were they were the tournament, so they were out drinking all day, and they're like, "This is the first time I drank alcohol. I, I never got hungover because they would drink and be on the water eight, ten hours. They're like, we have to mix this all the time because we're not hungover. I can keep going because so, you're like getting like dehydrated the all the time. The whole time you're getting recovery, but you're still getting alcohol. That's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> So is your goal to go into like those stores, like go on that route? Is that your ultimate goal or do you want to stay more like direct to consumer? No, my, my goal is to go mass consumer, to be uh, every C store, every grocery store, every possible direction. Anywhere you see a Gatorade, I want to be there next to it because I know once they try it, you know, even though it is not as cheap as Gatorade, you're paying for a premium product. You're paying for better quality ingredients. So 
uh, that's the ultimate goal is to get there. You know, the Pepsi has a massive distribution, so mm -hmm. I'll have to use some other distributors to get there, but in time, I can definitely get there. I think you're just going to have to create an elite distribution company. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, what I, I use is the beer companies. Oh. The, the beer doesn't compete with Coke or Pepsi, and they have to have 10 or 20% non-alcoholic. So they distribute everywhere, and they're massive, and you can and once you get in with one of them, it kind of like grows that way. That's smart. That's so smart. Yeah, I didn't genius. know that. How has that affected the growth of your company, like having kind of going up against these massive companies? Uh, it hasn't been that difficult, um, really. I think it's more of the letting, educating the consumers. You know, mm -hmm. when you're in a grocery store, people aren't thinking, oh, I'm going to go buy a sports drink in a grocery store. You would have to go there knowing, oh, I've, I got to buy built. I'm out of built. Whereas in a gym, people will buy it much faster. So the grocery store uh, consumers needs a little more education, I think, which we got to do more uh, direct demos in the stores, mm -hmm. educate them what it is. The gym goer adapts it right mm -hmm. away. They, they know what it is. They try it. They, they see it on social media. So it's a little more of the marketing has to be more creative um, towards that. But I think once they try it, it'll definitely catch on. Okay, so I have to know what... I feel like you've clearly been confident like your whole life it sounds like like you've been very outgoing like you're not afraid to like talk to people and create those relationships and things but what gives you the confidence to like go into that monopolized market because the sports drink market is like not saturated but definitely owned very much yeah Gary owns probably 90% of the market share um I think uh what's what gave me the confidence is watching body armor grow and kind of like pierce the veil of Gatorade to show all their vulnerabilities. And when you look at body armor, it's not even nothing that special. Um, there's really no recovery properties. They're loaded with potassium. I was like, we can make a superior product. And we see the vulnerabilities in the distribution of Gatorade. And we see them taking market share away from Gatorade. So there's definitely an opportunity. What about the bigger contracts? Bigger, like, what do you mean? Like NFL and NBA, like what gives you the confidence to? Uh... Well, NFL, be, it's just a money option with NFL. Gatorade pays them, you know, probably I think fifty plus million a year. Oh, they have wow. massive budget, so it's not really going to try to take over NFL. It's more like giving the athletes the options. Mm. So I, I go directly to the agents and the athletes, and actually a lot of them have been reaching out to me lately because they've seen the drink or they try the drink. So most of the time, if you look on the sidelines, they're, they're drinking something, but it usually has their number on the bottle or their name because they have to have the Gatorade bottle, but there's no Gatorade in there. Like no yeah. drinking Gatorade on the seat. Like Tom Brady's not drinking Gatorade. Like he has no wine just because he doesn't drink Gatorade. So, so um, it's, it's more of a money issue, really. I'm not that big to sponsor NFL yet, but I think within time, you know, five, six years from now, it could be a definite rival for sure. Unless, unless Pepsi comes and says, hey, we're just going to buy you. Would you let that happen? For the right number. Nice. <laughs> do, you think, right number. do you think they would, like, crush you, or do you think that they would grow? No, they, they don't innovate, so they just acquire. Uh, if you look at brands like Buy, that's another big drink that got acquired by Dr. Pepper uh, for a huge number. Body Armor just got acquired by Coke for a huge number. So they, they would look for innovation and acquire once you hit a certain – once they see you taking market share from them, mm -hmm. they'll make you part of the family instead of like trying to fight. fight and you. They keep the formula the same. Uh, it, that would figure it out because it's 
tricky with this one because it's patent pending uh, that I own the actual patents for this. That so it's going to be kind of tricky to see how that works. It would definitely be a royalty play if they if they would keep the formula because that's the goal is to get residual out of this whole thing. So it just depends on what when they would approach me and and what the deal would be really. Smart man. So how did you know that like this was something that you wanted to go into? Because you had an entire supplement line. What like what attracted you to start going on the this route versus like just continuing to keep an entire line of supplements? I, I think I saw that the the bigger opportunity with uh, mass to be able to help people more with mass than rather just focusing on bodybuilding. Uh, plus, the bodybuilding industry is very saturated too. So, you know, in the U.S., there's thousands of brands. Every, every influencer has their own brand now, too. But, but for mass, I think, you know, if, if we could get these uh, drinks in kids' hands to help them uh, feel better, you know, be healthier and train better, I think that was the route to go uh, and really focus on mass. Because um, bodybuilders are such a niche community. Like, it, it's not as big as, as you're looking at NBA, NFL, like all the major sports. So. I think mass is the way to go to really try to make an impact on people. Why is that? Why is changing like the health in society important to you? Especially children. You keep mentioning children. Yeah, I think it's important because because there's so much crap out there. Like kids need to know. Now I think they're much more educated with social media. They're they're more affluent to things. They they read what's going on. They know what they're putting in their body. Uh, I think that's why Body Armor's had such a, a great success because their their demographic of 18 to 24 year olds is very large. So I, I think it's important um, because there is a problem with kids eating bad. There's a problem with well, it, it, I didn't I used to eat healthy as a kid. My mom used to think McDonald's was like okay to eat. Like so, <laughs> you know, I was a fat kid growing up. So I I think there's a way opportunity to educate and change that that um, uh, with people. So are you talking like children, like young, like, um, like, like seven to, yeah. yeah. Like what, what, what age I, I think, are you trying to attack? Think, um, anywhere when I started playing sports was like sixth grade, but most people, you know, can, if they have their kids in soccer or some kind of camp, they will start them young. I think anywhere when they're starting playing sports is a good age because they're active and they need to need to start learning about hydration, how to perform better. And it's really the parents that are going to help them, but the kids will make the influence If they see somewhere on social media and they see someone drinking it. They might be like, Oh, I want to try it. If they like the taste of it, they'll tell their parents, Oh, this is better. This is why. So that's why I try to make a little, uh, uh, the cartoons on the explanation of what unsugar is very simple and easy for people to, to understand to kind of like target anybody that not just adults, but kids too. Was, was your health and nutrition journey, like, did that, what did that come out of? When did you start eating healthy and, like, recognizing that, like, these things that or, you put Or focusing on health, because health obviously changes all the time with science. Yeah. Yeah, I think in high school, because uh, I used to wrestle, too, so I used to always have to make weight. So I really started uh, training with weights uh, consistently in high school, and then I used to struggle with losing weight for wrestling, so I would have to way like 185 for wrestling but then for football i had to be 220 so i was like constantly going up and down every year uh and so i think that's when i really wanted to educate myself on nutrition what how to do it properly because i was i would see coaches giving kids a banana and water and being like oh this is all you're gonna eat today you gotta make weight and then the next day they're doing you know 10 minutes of wrestling dying <laughs> like, there's got to be something better than that like there's got to be a proper way to do it 
That's smart. My brother, my brothers, I have like a couple of younger brothers and they used to wrestle and they would, they would be doing like sweatsuits, cardio, like at 1am to make weight at six and literally be in a delirium. And they'd pass yeah. through, like sometimes. I, I have to wear a plastic garbage bag running the track yeah. in, in 95 degree heat in Miami oh. and to make weight. And I, I felt like complete crap. <laughs> and then having to go and wrestle for like five minutes on a mat and when it's an endurance sport and then you, they only give you like a banana and then you have to like spit in a cup to like lose water. It's like the craziest thing. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> I, think, I think if athletes knew how to properly lose weight by staying hydrated and recovery, they would be way more champions out there because these guys are good now, but they still train that same way. I know that's, that's, that's kind of how I feel about macros. Do you think that's changing? Like, do you think that there are, I don't really, like, are they managers? Is that what they're called? That, like, manage, like, bigger athletes? Whatever they are, like, the people who manage big athletes. Do you feel like they're becoming more educated on, like, these different things? Or do you feel like they're still like, okay, we got a carb load before a game, eat this pasta, or, like, something like that? You know how that was, like, the Yeah, I, I think that's the coach mentality from the old school. I think the players are now a little smarter on their own through their own research and either from their trainers, but – I think the coaches are the ones that loaded the kids up in the pastas before the games. Like I, I used to play football and they used to have these huge Italian dinners <laughs> at, at five o'clock and then have to go play at nine o'clock at night. I'm like, how are you going to go, you know, be so sluggish? That's um, what we used to do in high school too. Yeah. And you'd be like in a carb coma, like trying to run around. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be exhausted. But I think, I think the players are more educated now on how to do it and what to take. I feel like especially in the last two years. Like the bigger the bigger athletes have been talking a lot more about what they eat and why they eat it, which is yeah. Nice. I think it's caught on a lot lot more in the last couple of years. I, I think it's once you have one major athlete that talks about it and gets it out there, then other people start adapting to to right away. Who are some? I don't know if you can name them, but who are some like major athletes that you are working with or that like drink built. Uh, there, there's a couple big ones that drink. They can't say because okay. that's why I was like, "Can you?" <laughs> it's weird. So there's a big person that has a huge contract with Gatorade, and he drinks built. And and he actually accidentally had his Instagram story out. And he was talking and he posted. Uh, he had the built in on the floor when he was doing a post, and it, it was on ESPN. I was like, "Oh, he's gonna get in trouble if they see this." Um, Did they see it? Did he get in trouble? I, I, he definitely, they took it down because they, someone said something. They didn't get in trouble, but I'm sure like his agent was like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. it's a massive contract. Like, but I'm, I'm sure like a lot, there's a lot of NFL guys that drink it just can't post because of uh, the, the right, the, the poor rights with Gatorade and stuff. And, and um, it's, it's, it's tricky, but I think there'll be more and more athletes that will post because now they know that, oh, I can't post it during a game or there, but I can post an off season. So, Right now, when spring starts, like there's a lot of football camps for youth. There's a lot of football camps for off-season training where they can post. So you'll see a lot more NFL guys posting now in the spring and summer. So their contracts are only during the season. Yeah, because it's basically when they are NFL, because NFL has the sponsorship. So they can't be on the field with it. They can't be uh, drinking it during the game. They have to have Gatorade bottles. So it's, it's, it's very tricky for them to do. Like I, we've had athletes get fined before for posting uh, or being on social with it. So we, we don't want to get them jeopardized with their, you know, fines and stuff, but I don't make them really 
post. I drink, give them the drink if they want to post. They can, you know, unless they want to work out some deal with with me to become like an official athlete. Like it's not, uh, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, you have to post every day or anything like that. So let's go into. We were talking about this before we started recording, but talk about the um, affiliate program and what you're doing with that. So I, I'm getting a lot of uh, people every day. Probably about I would say a hundred people always hitting up the. Instagram page of built myself asking for sponsorships or free drinks. So uh, I thought the best way to get everybody signed up is to start something, something called the built squad. So it will be an affiliate program. Uh, it will be, I am built.com where people will go and sign up. They will tell us why they want to be a part of built. That will get an affiliate code where they can go and tell their friends and family, they will get a, a discount themselves for 30% off. If they want to buy built. And then once they generate, you know, their first 10 sales, then they get a free case. And they can still get their discounts, but then as they grow, they'll get more and more free product. Because I know there's guys that are drinking two, three bills a day. If they're getting, you know, four or five, yeah, four or five cases a, a week, a month of bills, uh, just telling their friends and family, um, they're more than willing to do it. And that way, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll help us instead of just, you know, expensing out product uh, for free and then kind of grow the the, the brand also. I think there should be a stipulation that everyone who applies has to love it as much as I love it. That would be tough. You're one of the top five people that like religiously post every day. I'm and I love the drink. I'm invested. I'm emotionally invested. Yeah. There, there, I have a friend of mine in Chicago that, that he asked for four cases and he literally took the four cases and gave to the entire gym. And now the whole gym is like posting with built and everything on it. Cause he liked it. That's how, that's how Shane is too. Like if anybody ever comes to like work out or anything, cause everybody knows, like, I mean, so, like you said, he literally plugs it every single day. Like, yeah. so we're like, what, like, are you like, a, like, what is this really? He's like, I just love it. Like, so whenever anybody comes over, he's like, try built, try I built. I did this, I did this really funny post uh, a week ago and it was me and Opal and just doing like a dead stare. And I was like, the person who makes the best comment is going to win like a, a free case of small seed bars. And I'd say I had 90 comments and 25% of them were like, <laughs> what happens when you run out of built? Like, oh, 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 it was just so funny. I was like, I was like, okay, everyone really knows. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It is really funny. I, th I think the amount of people that love it as much as you will grow as more people discover it. Cause we really aren't distributed in many States. We just are in California, Texas, and we just started Florida. Uh, so we haven't really reached out to the upper Northeast yet. We're not in major retailers in the middle Midwest. So California and Texas are very strong. We're in about 2,600 locations. Uh, 7-Eleven there, the Central Market, Gelson's, big, big chains. And then now in Florida, we're, we're in about 300 locations and gyms too. Uh, but as it expands, I think more and more people will become, you know, diehard with it. Just like when Gatorade came out, there were people drinking it every day, buying those big gallons drinking it. Why is California and Texas like where you started? Yeah. yeah. So California, um, I'm not a beverage guy. So I brought on some ex Coca-Cola guys to help me with distribution. And they've said that every drink that they've helped launch and start would be in California, Texas, hmm. especially for fitness. Uh, because California is very adaptive to plant-based. They're very adaptive to uh, fitness and they're very, especially now they're very in tune with accepting products like this. Whereas if you would launch it in say New York, they're not going to pick up a brand. They won't know. It'd be very expensive to market up there. So California is the early adopter. It's very easy to grow. And then Texas, because all the headquarters for major chains are there. 
So very big fitness uh, state too. So if you can do well in Dallas and Texas and, and market there and create a following, you just copy that marketing to other states as well. That's smart. Yeah. So we're originally from Massachusetts. That's where we like were born and raised. And it's so it's so old culture. Everybody's setting their ways. And then we go to and then we move to San Diego and everything's like people change their yeah. path, you know, they love like in a week. Every week they're like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's very, very easy to get people in California to try a new product versus New York because they're gonna be stuck in their their own ways up there and, and it's very challenging. Unless they hear it from a friend or someone or see an influencer drinking it up there, it's not gonna it's not gonna be that easy. Yeah, California is much more like they're also, like you were saying, like, they're the new adapters, so they're the ones who, like, may see a new product. And we're even like this. Like, if I see something new, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I'll give it a try. And if I like it, then I'm, like, going to keep buying it. But at the very least, I'm like, if I see a new product, especially if, like, the marketing is good around it, because I'm such, like, I love that kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh, like, this just pulled me in. Now I have to know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think California is the way to go. And, and, and there's a lot of influencers out there, too. So that helps uh, building the brand and getting more exposure. So why plant-based? So a lot of people don't know this, but regular amino acids are usually made from fish scales or hair. Yep. And people freak out when I kind of tell them this. I'm like, you know, amino acids that aren't plant-based are made from like fish scales and hair. And they're like, what? <laughs> they like go crazy. So I think that's an important part to let people know that it is plant-based. So it is better for you. Um, than, you know, all these synthetic uh, made aminos out there. It is cheaper to do it that way, but plant-based is a little more, but it's better for you too. Nobody wants to be having something from human hair or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. I remember when I saw it, so I think it was Chris Geffen, uh, who I watched the first video in 2015 that talked about aminos, and it was like duck feathers, human yeah. hair, some other stuff that was really weird, and I was like, I'm never, and like, and he, he, was, he was using like fermented vegetables for aminos. Yeah. I was like, I'm never drinking amino acids again unless. <laughs> yeah, when I when I first put <clears throat> amino acids back then, probably 2014, I just learned about this and I was like, wait a minute, people really don't know this. Like, why isn't it marketed? It's like a huge point of marketing because I wouldn't want to take products that are made from from feathers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think people like you know cut corners, uh, but I think plant based is a big the way to go with with aminos for sure because. Um, it's, it's a better quality amino. How are you working on educating people to understand why your product is a premium product and why they should, like, are going to have to pay a little bit more than for a Gatorade? I, I think it's more the marketing with through social media and videos and influencers talking about it. Uh, a big thing with the Build Squad, too, is they can't just sign up for the Build Squad. They have to know about the product. So they will, they, they will kind of like get vented out and they will be asked questions to be a part of it. So if they don't answer the questions, they'll get denied until they get them right. So that way they kind of like know uh, what, the, what the talking points are on the drink. Um, I think it's just going to be a matter of time once people understand the benefits of the, the patent pending smart carbs that we use versus simple sugars. Well, people already know that sugar is not the best for you, but it's not the enemy. It just has to be used correctly. And, and uh, that's why I kind of like use the slogan, not all sugars are created equal. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like people are like, what do you mean? What does that mean exactly? So that that kind of like spikes their interest. So I can kind of go into the depth of why this is a different type of sugar than what you're thinking of table sugar with, you know, those examples with Coke, they show like all these teaspoons of sugar in the back, <laughs> and they're like, oh, Red Bull. And they show, I go, it's not the sugar that you're thinking. It's a totally different sugar. Yeah, what does it say for the, what does it say on the back for sugar? So each bottle has 20 
uh, one gram of sugar, 20 grams is the platinose, and one gram comes from the Hydromax. So okay. the, the reason we use 20 is there's actual clinical studies. If you use 20 grams of platinose, it actually will help with fat burning too. So, so your, your blood sugar is not spiked, so you're tapping in to your energies for fat to burn, and you're getting energy from the drink. So this is, works in two folds with the drink. I like that. What sweetener do you use in your drinks? So we use two different ones. Uh, I use the stevia blend and I use the sucralose. So okay. we, had, we had tried to use uh, monk fruit. It tasted horrible. <laughs> uh, I tried to use, I actually went to Tate and Lyle who invented Splenda and went in their lab and had and, and sat there with them for two days and did all these different variations of what sweetener. And we just couldn't get the taste to come out good unless we used the sucralose because uh, nothing was, was covering the aminos and, and the herbs as good. It, like the monk fruit was a little sour, even, which kind of like threw everything off. Mm. But the, the stevia is actually an optimizer that enhances the other flavors too. So it, huh. it makes it taste a lot better with the stevia. It's actually funny because I usually don't like stevia. I, ste I, I don't even know how to say it. Whatever, <laughs> stevia. Yeah. Um, but in your drink, like I feel like I can't taste that. It usually yeah. has this weird aftertaste to it and yeah. other things, but in Bill, it doesn't have that so maybe it is like the partnership between like the sucralose yeah, and the and most brands use something called the reb a which is the very cheap version of stevia so this is something called an optimizer optimizer 2.0 which is a little higher end of stevia too which has no that metal aftertaste or anything too so you you won't get that reb a taste that i i hate that taste too it's like drives me nuts with stevia <laughs> I, I actually didn't want to use stevia and, until i found this ingredient and then i tried it i was like okay we can use it where is this one like out of where does stevia grown? Is it from is it from the United States? Like where how did you find yeah. that? We, your one? The, the company is in the United States. We get it from I try to use many in-house uh, com companies, especially now with the tariffs and everything going on internationally. It's, it's easier to source everything or it's much faster to get to. What is your what's your life mission? Oh, uh, missions <laughs> <laughs> here uh, I, I don't really know if i have a life mission i i really just try to focus on day by day uh and and always try to be one percent better every day over time I, I really try to think long term obviously the goal is to to help a lot of people and educate them and change the entire sports industry with this drink um it, i really just focus on what i'm dealt with every day and was just try to be one percent better. What's your mission with Built? Long term, I would like this brand to be huge. I build this up and be a worldwide global brand. I just, it has a lot of potential already. I have a lot of international people hit me up too, so I definitely think it could be uh, um, like a Gatorade uh, and dominate the the global world. It's just a matter of time. You know, Gatorade's been around for fifty years, mm -hmm. and, and if I had twenty years of marketing, I could definitely do it. It's just a matter of time and, and growing the brand, really. You'll probably do it in less than 20. I, I, I have a feeling that within five years, I would get a little knock on my door and I'm going to ask to acquire it. <laughs> How big is your team right now? How many members are there? Uh, not that big. Um, in each section, like Cali and Texas, we have distributors we partner with. And they, they kind of have their own teams, so they're not really in-house with us. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but in-house, we just have marketing people. Uh, so we have social media team. Um, we have the graphics team. We have a lot of uh, a, a COO that helps the manufacturing. So 12 people um, in-house. So it's not, not massive big yet. A lot of things I outsource too because it's easier. Yeah, I was going to say. More efficient now. Do you want to have a big team or do you feel like um, it might be like beneficial to keep it small? And then because distributors are really what's going to. Yeah, I I don't want to have an in-house distribution team because that's huge overhead. And then you're competing with them too, which you don't want because they have the relationships already. Mm -hmm. It's better to partner with distributors and try to create your own distribution. Uh, But I would definitely have to build a bigger manufacturing team and uh, marketing team because that's where everything's going to come. A lot of it's video content too. Like I have an in-house video guy now with a graphics guy, but ultimately like we'd want video people throughout the U S to film athletes content and produce as much content as possible. I feel like all the bigger brands that all the brands that appear big, but function small, that's like their target. They all focus on in-house media marketing. Yeah. I think most people try to be a supplement company first. I'm trying to be a media company that sells supplements. That's right. <laughs> a supplement company that has media. Because that's how you build a brand. It's, it's, through, it's through digital media. That's cool. Where'd you learn that from? I actually watch a lot of YouTube, believe it oh. or not, and trial and error. Oh. And, and watching what works and what doesn't work. I always try to stay on top of what, you know, the, the newest things. Like, I was on TikTok before it was TikTok. It was musically before, and I was promoting musically, and I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. Like, wait and see. And sure enough, like people are like, oh, that's for kids. They're crazy. And now it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but I try to keep in, in touch with a lot of things. I, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube from Gary Vaynerchuk. He's very big and digital. Uh, he's on top of a lot of things. I have a couple guys in LA I watch too. So it just being around and, and practicing and doing, see what works and, and reading what people respond to. Like a lot of people just don't get feedback from people. So if you just, get the feedback from your consumers, you'll know where they want to go, what works, what doesn't work. Like I can, I can, I can read a whole slew of comments and I can get feedback from people versus like reading an article and being like, Oh, this is going to work. This is the next trend. Like people will tell me and you can see what works. <laughs> Do you feel like you have a really good product where um, it's organically grown because once someone tries it, they like it. So it's really like word of mouth. I think the word of mouth is growing more now, especially with the enhanced flavors. Um, before it was more like the fitness world talking about all oh, this works. Now it's more like this tastes great and it works. <laughs> uh, I think that's, it's grown a lot. Like I had people come like even this past weekend that aren't athletes, they're just fishing and using a drink to stay hydrated on the water. And they would come back for thirds and fourths of the drink. So that's when I knew like, okay, now it's ready for masses. If these people are asking for, you know, more drinks. Um, I was gonna, so what is like the, we talked about this kind of before we started recording, but what's the future for Built? Like what lines are you working on right now? I know you're, you just got this flavor. Do you like love this flavor or do you think you're going to improve it again? I think these flavors are great. I love the fruit punch. That's my favorite one. Uh, it's actually modeled after Hawaiian fruit punch when I was a kid. <laughs> McDonald's and got Hawaiian fruit punch. Yes. I have a friend of mine that's also on our board that's from Hawaii. And he went and found me this Hawaiian flavoring that they used in the real Hawaiian fruit punch. And I flew it in and I made them make this flavoring based off of that. So that's my favorite one. That's cool. I know the grape is the best seller and everyone fights over the grape, mm-hmm. but I, fruit punch is the best. 
I'm a rebel. Lemon yeah. lime's the best. I love the I love the grape. I'm like a sucker like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Grape is flies off the shelves. I can't keep that one in stock. Um, but I think fruit punch is the big going to take over. And then surprisingly, tropical punch is catching up a lot. Like a lot, if you like a pineapple or a mango, people love that that one. Well, especially with vodka. Yeah, with vodka, <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm working on more flavors. I ultimately, want to have 16 flavors. 16? Um, Why 16? So I, that's just the flavors I came up with. But okay. I, I always want to have like six or eight in stock and constantly rotate them. I, I want to keep all 16 in stock because I don't have room for all that. But, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely want to have new flavors and an innovation on flavor. Uh, some unique flavors, you know, uh, different names that no one has and combinations that you wouldn't think of that would be really good. Um, and then I'm working on a performance water right now, which would be the next big thing that we're going to launch on the brand in probably Q3. Um, stick packs and um, uh, tubs for teams, like uh, the 80 serving tubs, you just pour in a cooler, a five-gallon cooler. So that's kind of like the next step of this. I've gotten a lot of demands for um, goo, like for cyclists and endurance. Oh, yeah. To make like goo and stick goo. So I'm working on that too, but I got to play around with it more. It's a little trickier because it's a, a goo versus a, a powder or a drink. Um, yeah, what is like the goo part of it? It's the same ingredients. It's just to make it goo, to make it like not liquidy. It's there's like goo doesn't really come from, it's like a, a melted sugar that's not like really. <laughs> and they use it, it's like a gel. It doesn't even taste good. Like, I don't know why these guys use it, but they love this goo stuff. The, the quick spike in their carbohydrate. Yeah, I think uh, Cliff, Cliff makes a Cliff Bar makes one that they use a lot, but it's really just sugar. That's all it is. It's nothing yeah. else in there. But I think if we put these same ingredients, with aminos and this goo and make it taste good, I think they'll really like it. It just reminded me of back in the day. So I started bodybuilding. Quote, I never did bodybuilding, but I started bodybuilding in 2005. And I remember like people who thought they were like super serious athletes would get like the diabetic dextrose sticks and just like, oh yeah, like right after their <laughs> workout. And I'm like, that's so disgusting. Yeah, I see a lot of crazy stuff with with spiking insulin and, and trying to get blood sugar right away, jumping after a workout. Yeah. But, but that's Muscle Tech made an entire line with sugar and creatine, and yeah. Celtech was a huge brand. Like that, that people thought that that was the biggest thing you could buy to get big in bodybuilding back in the in the early two thousands. I used to I used to actually use it, but it used to give me like a weird reaction. I'd have like so I used to use Muscle Tech. I had this when we first met. I probably was still using it ten years ago. I don't know. 20, whatever. But anyway, but I'd get like a weird. My body would just like generate heat in a very weird <laughs> way, and it was like the it was like you you thought you're like oh I'm anabolic, but I'm like probably my body's just rejecting it. <laughs> I was freaking out with all the sugar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got fat off it actually. I remember reading these claims in a magazine, being like, how are they getting? I would try the Celtic. I kept gaining weight, but I kept getting fatter. I'm like, this can't be right. Like, this is like- <laughs> I know I know a lot of people that used to over they would overload on a form of creatine and literally gain thirty pounds, but it was all water. Like, water. Just, they become huge and their strength went up because they're wearing 35 pounds more, but yeah. they look terrible. I remember taking it when I was doing football and it made me slower. Cause I was like waterlogged. I was 10 pounds heavier. And I was like, I don't like this at all. But, but coach was like, Oh, you got to take it. I was like, oh, this is, horrible. <laughs> is your goal to be like for built is your goal to be, I guess not a supplement company, but more of like an in- like, what is the goal as far as, like, the lines that you plan to, like, branch off of? 
off of the actual energy drink? I think it's more for athletes of different sports, but I want to make it safe for athletes. You know, I always do third-party testing and have NSF and informed sport for athletes because I don't think there is another drink out there right now that's doing that. I know Cytosport did do it before, but there is no real drink that's certified for NSF for athletes right now. But I think a line extension for energy down the road would be uh, an endurance uh, drink um, with a little more ingredients like Pico2 or stuff like that to increase VO2 max uh, would be, and then adding EAAs in the next version versus BCAs would be the next uh, improvement I would think to do. So constantly improving, always making it better. Um, I don't like staying stagnant. So 1% every day. Yeah. 1% every day. It's 365% a year. It's a lot. I know. That should be like your tagline on the personal page. <laughs> improving 365% every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else? No, I was going to say, do you have any other questions that you wanted? There was something that you said you wanted to talk about. His next, his next company? A different company? A different line of something? Nope. Yeah. Nope. You're like, I want to ask about... Right no. before we jumped on. No. <laughs> if you ever listen to our podcast, we just banter with each other. It's okay. <laughs> he was saying that there was something else that you were like getting into that he wanted to ask about. I oh yeah, Supreme. Oh yeah. See. Thank you for reminding me. What well, is I did that as a, as a as a as a spoof because Supreme came out with these Oreos uh, that were like eight dollars, and I'm like, how are these people buying Oreos? The same exact thing with his name on it. So my, my uh, designer made it for me as a joke to like, oh, you can make Supreme Built and sell it for $100 a case. <laughs> oh, now, now your post makes sense. Because I was like, yeah. I, don't under, I didn't understand. Because like, you were like, yeah, it was like $3. Yeah, a whole new bunch of things that are useless. They have Ziploc <laughs> bags with Supreme on it, but they sell yeah. it for $2. And I was like, why are they doing this? It makes no sense. But it was like a spoof that kind of like caught on. And people are like, oh, you should so do it. It'd be so crazy. I would buy it. I'm like. Why would you buy it? It's a hundred. <laughs> under, underneath this, that's like partnered with like Mac and some other people. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, it's a, it was just a spoof to see what would happen. But that's like now I'm actually gonna reach out to them and ask for a licensing deal because there's people that want to buy this, which is crazy. That's, that's, so that's good. funny. And then builds next, and you're gonna launch the one liters th this year. Yeah, the one liter waters will be in probably Q3. I'm actually waiting on the bottle, uh, the custom design to come in the next week and then work on the shrink sleeves uh, and then make some samples first to make sure it tastes good. So it'll be a performance water that no one else has right now. We have some patented ingredient we can put in there that actually increases performance and improves delayed uh, onset of soreness. So it's a recovery water, but it helps for athletes too. That's completely natural. Um, it's a little more expensive for a bottle, you know, talking five cents. But in the scheme of things, people are buying $4 waters all day. So that's what I, was, I was like, why one liter and not 16 ounces like Bill? Uh, I think to start with one liter first and then do the different lines. Uh, it, it's If you know that brand Core Hydration has the blue caps. So similar yeah. to when they started with the liter and then they branched off and did the other versions. So they have 16 ounce liters, then they have a bigger one. Um, I think eventually we'll do the, the 60 ounce too because I, I can use the same bottles uh, and just repackage re them with the, the new shrink sleeves. But to get to get it out there, a liter, I think, is uh, a better way to get out there uh, for distribution too. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I would never, I would never go to a store and buy 16 ounces. One, that's <laughs> one sip of water for me. Yeah, yeah. For gyms, it's great for the gyms at the front desk, but that's really the only place or Costco that I would make it would make sense. But one liter, like I, I could carry a liter around where it's not too heavy, yeah. and I won't forget it. If I had a gallon, I forget it or it's too big. Uh, and then 16 ounces is just too small. It's just, it's like not going to do anything. Yeah, that makes sense. I was curious. <laughs> now I feel now I feel like I was buffooned. Yeah, you, were, you got played like everybody else. Straight sucker. <laughs> yeah, that was funny because, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I think people would laugh at it, but surprisingly, people wanted to buy it, which is crazy. <laughs> they so, took it way too serious. You're yeah, like, this is like, No way. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> so I, I'll entertain it to see if it's worth doing. But, you know, if, if, I, if I make a limited 1,000 of them or 10,000 of them, you know, I'm just see what they go for. And well, then you play with something- it and see even if you do something like that, I feel like even more people will want to jump on it because it's like limited. Yeah. I would definitely be a limited, limited run to see what would happen. But I feel like the, I feel like the name's like a natural progression, like built Supreme. Like it's just like to me, I'm like, it's the next step of built. It makes sense. It's, it fits with it. It was kind of coincidental. That was funny. <laughs> and the packaging works good with it. Like the red looked perfect with it. Yeah, it did. No, I was, now I, I really liked it. I know. I was like, man, suckered. <laughs> So, um, what can our community do to help you? I think, you know, what, what helps me is word of mouth. People like you that are on social media, that love the drink, that tell people about it. If, if I had one of these in every city, built would be huge. <laughs> that, that, that's like really what, what um, helps spread the word of stuff like this and, and helping people know that, you know, it's, that, um, there are drinks that are not healthy out there because people still drink drinks thinking they're healthy and they're not, especially the artificial colored ones. They're, you know, they're drinking blue and purple and reds thinking they're healthy and it's, it's not really doing anything for you. And I think red 40 is like a direct link to ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's banned in a couple of countries too. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know why it's still allowed here, but it's not not even needed. Like, doesn't well, that, that's because Coca Cola and Pepsi own the government. <laughs> <I> Duh. <laughs> so hopefully, I can say that because the they're not my competitors. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. They actually do own the government. So they have influence. But yeah, I know red dye and yellow dye are banned in other countries. But yeah, there's a blue too, I think. Because I've done some distribution deals where they ask specifically if we have any colors, and and they they won't accept products that have these in there. So you ship overseas? We ship overseas. We're in a couple other countries. Uh, UK has carried it. Uh, the Middle East is in the process of registering products now. Uh, I've sold in Malaysia. Australia has some. Um, the problem is the shipping, and I ultimately would have to create manufacturing sources in these countries, um, especially in Brazil is a huge interest, and Mexico. So Mexico is a little easier to ship, but but I, I ultimately will have to create manufacturing sources in each of these uh, countries, kind of like how beer is. Mm-hmm. Don't ship it everywhere because the shipping kills you with margin. Uh, it's not now. I'm not that big yet. But ultimately, once I'm hitting a certain number, I will definitely do it. I think it's easy to do um, once you have the facilities out there. So you think you'll infiltrate uh, Mexico and <laughs> first, as far as that goes? Mexico. We're waiting on registration right now. Um, GNC Mexico has already reached out to like do a deal. So we're just waiting on paperwork for them. Um, 
Brazil, I'm still working on them because they might have to actually manufacture there. Okay. Chile's waiting on paperwork. Um, Canada, I'm actually waiting on the health code number because the actual distributor there really wants to carry it. um, I think, yeah, UK UK has it. Uh, And then the Middle East. Middle East will probably be another big one. I used to do a lot of business in the Middle East before, so they, they love the products from over here. We have a huge bodybuilding scene, which I think surprised a lot of people. It's huge. When I went to Kuwait, I was shocked how big these gyms are. Like, it was literally a playground. Mecca. And and there's like 20 of these gyms that are huge, massive gyms. And you literally couldn't do, like, if I was going to train arms, I couldn't do every single machine in one workout because there's so many different machines. (laughs) Like, 20 different bicep machines. It's, It's just over. It's so much there. It's like a playground. That's cool. That's so random. I know. I'm, I don't know why, but yeah. it's it like recently exploded in like three years. Isn't well, that's where like Brandon Curry went to go train for like a whole year. Yeah, yeah it started off at, at one oxygen gym there. They had a big athlete, kind of big Robbie, kind of like blew him up. Yeah. And then everybody wants to go train there. So when you go there, it's like a camp. You know, they, they the food is great. The food is actually really good. Uh, and, and there's a restaurant right next to the gym. You go there and eat all your meals. And then you train, you sleep, there's no distraction. So that's why most people have success there because there's no, you know, going out or partying or doing anything. There's no alcohol or anything. There's no, there's no like going out and hanging out at the nightclub. There's none of that stuff. So when you're there, you're, you're just, hang, you're just focused on training. That's it. When we sell small seed, I'm going there. All right. You can do it. Deal. <laughs> I'm going to take, take 90 days off. You should definitely go travel and see it because it's worth the experience. Um, I, I've done a lot of traveling, but when I first launched the other brand, I went to 43 countries to learn the markets and how they, you know, components are sold, what sells, what doesn't sell, how the people respond, you know, and, and it's different in every market. Um, surprisingly, like in, 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 say, for example, Dubai, uh, they're not like convenience stores. All these supplements are sold in pharmacies and there's pharmacies everywhere. So that's where you would go to buy like any kind of like protein or anything. It's a pharmacy. And then it's, it's like a pharmacist comes and helps you pick out the protein and does a program for you there where, it's, what? where they kind of like educate you. So it's a little different in every, every country. That's pretty neat. That's so cool. How long did that take you to travel around and do all of that? I mean, right? probably, I've done 200,000 miles a year for two years. So wow. I've been, I've been, I actually went our first time launching, we went on tours. So we'd go to like, India and go to like four cities in India, then go to Singapore, then Malaysia, oh, then Australia, and then come back and then do another month's tour. So each one was a month, you know, do three, four days in each city and then jump around. It's not the not the funnest thing to do. Everyone's like, oh, you're traveling, it's great. Because some of the conditions are horrible, especially like if you go to India and you're not prepared, you're like, it's great. You have this great hotel, it's five star, everything's nice. You go outside and there's literally like thousands of homeless people like right outside the hotel and it, it's so crazy to see these different cultures but it's a great experience to, to learn and to see you know how other people are in other countries that's so cool i would never like think to do to that do, yeah, yeah, yeah that's such a well, like, he's, got a, he's got a global well, brand mind yeah yeah we're small thinking i we know i wanted to do that because my other brand i launched internationally first versus us because the following was massive internationally so I, I capitalized on that and traveled to every single show I could an expo internationally and, and made, had relationships and everything uh, with them. But it was, a, it was a great time. Like I always try to stay an extra day 
now where I go so I can like go and sightsee, go do tourist stuff rather than just like running around stuck in an expo all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you learn that as you get older that like you actually want to enjoy it too and not yeah, just I, I, I would have traveled way earlier if I knew how fun it was to go see these things. But it's it's great when you have relationships with people you can go and see, especially the train at all the gyms. That's like a cool thing. There's so many different gyms and and across the world to try and see. Did you create those relationships like online, or were those like like are you meeting someone for the first time sometimes when you go to those places? But like you've been, yeah, sometimes we are. Sometimes it starts with email correspondence or you know DM on social and just interaction, and then we'll meet either in their country or like at a big expo like FIBO or something. And then, you know, there's people still I talk to probably once a week from these countries that just are, are cool friends. That's so awesome. Well, we don't want to keep you too long because I know we kind of chatted before we came on. Do you, do you have anything else you want to? Just drink milk, guys. <laughs> drink milk. Go buy it. <laughs> I don't really have to tell our audience because everyone in our audience knows how much I love it. So... <laughs> It's true. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate oh, it. Thank you for having me. Good day.